Hello, hello, David. Hello, hello. Welcome. Evening. Good evening, partner. Thank you for joining me for the third episode of The Midnight Oil. It's been a while. Been a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. We've uh, accumulated some interesting uh, topics. That's right. Yeah. And you know, I guess we're still like trying to get a feel for what the podcast is, but you know, I think overall, over several episodes, we'll find our voice, you know, through the kind of stories we end up like talking about. Yeah. And it will evolve naturally, I think. Yeah. It's coming along pretty well so far, I think. Yep. So we're drinking something special today. Today we are drinking Lone Star Texas Light. That's right. Provided by our good friend Brad, who's now a dad. Brad the dad. Congratulations, Brad. Congratulations. So these are from Texas, of course, the Lone Star State. We actually do have two beers, so if we get to the second one, we also have a Pacifico Clara Mexican beer. Maybe. Hmm. So this one I have not heard of, and I'm, I'm curious... Says a cerveza on it. It means beer, doesn't it? Possibly. Uh, Spain, Spain go. Mm, I failed Spain go. So. Spain lingo. Spain go. You failed. I uh, flunked. Flunked Spain go. Oh, freshman year of high school was a interesting year for me. Spain was a no go. I basically decided uh, I don't care about anything. I, I didn't try. <laughs> so one of those kids. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wearing a black mascara and uh, giving um, a finger to your parents. Not that far, but you know. <laughs> Mostly wearing black. Um, my friends were questionable. Driving around in a hearse? Um, yeah, my friend, yes. That was your friend. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was several years later, though. That was after I cleaned myself up. That was up. when you regained the appreciation for something. For you believed in like one thing instead of no things. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You emerged from a, a puberty induced crisis Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what it was though um I was put on antidepressants for like a little under a year and that's what did it that's what made me like completely stop caring about like the world like they're they're just drugs yeah it just made me feel like a zombie so I'd go to school and I just like want to sleep I feel like the word antidepressant is not appropriate it's it's a depressant is it yeah, yeah. I would more if it's zombifying you. Maybe I would more describe it as like a um, sensation depressant. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you like dull to the world. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say what pulled me out of it was like the discovery of beer or something, not antidepressants. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I was. Let's see, freshman year. So. Uh, I would have been 13 or something. I didn't start drinking until like 14, age, uh, like 18 or 19. Like it wasn't until I graduated high school, really, which is strange. I know it is what it is. Speaking of drinking, Kampai. Kampai. Kampai guy. <laughs> we were the Kampai guys in a past life. Yes. We were. That life has since perished. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we are drinking Lone Star. We may get to Pacifico, a 
Mexican cerveza. Uh, I guess we should uh, get into the first topic. Yeah. So I have a story I'd like to talk about. Okay. And again, I don't know exactly what you're going to bring up, but I have a feeling mine is a bit heavier than yours. So <laughs> I thought we could save mine for, okay. the, for the end. That's going to be the uh, what the listeners get through all the other crap to get to mm-hmm. right? that's that's yeah. the payoff that's the present <laughs> <Yeah. end. laughs> it's uh, that's one way to put it the, payoff, <laughs> I guess. the pure depression it's, inducing darkness it's the auditory money shot <laughs> <laughs> the black spunk <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i have a couple of things that are fairly light mm-hmm. uh the first one I came across, in, I guess for a podcast about dark things, you might say the kind of unlikely, unlikeliest of places. It was a job posting on a uh, freelance work website. Okay. Uh, I may or may not be disgruntled at my job right now. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. Going through some uh, online work. Uh, as we live in Japan, uh, the kind of work we can do is kind of limited. So, you know, online work from home is an option for English speakers. Well, it seems like if you're speaking another language, there's more work available. There are like too many English speakers doing translation or that kind of thing. On yeah, yeah. I, I've dipped my toes into the freelance sites as well. Yeah. And it seems like so saturated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's hard to tell which ones are real and which ones are not. And they come from all sorts of countries and all sorts mm-hmm. of places. Well, anyway, I was looking at uh, freelance writing work because mm-hmm. I've done some like blogging and uh, I feel like I could do that and offer something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I came across one ad. Uh, do you want to bring it up, I guess? Is it the photo? It is a image. Yeah, just a JPEG. Because uh, I actually had to... I read this... Did a double take, forgot about it, and like three weeks later, I was like, I think this would work on the podcast. It took me ages to find it, so I hope everyone appreciates my good work. Uh, I guess you can read the title if you want. So uh, the job posting is right. Sure, okay. So this is on Upwork. This is on Upwork, yeah. yeah. Uh, Posted by someone called, do they have the name? Oh, they don't. Just someone in Morristown, USA, posted at eight forty nine a.m. Okay, so uh, the title. Weeks ago. <clears throat> uh, write and expose them online. My court abuse horror story, written professionally, in exchange for a five star review. Okay, and also this title. Yeah. It's lacking like spaces. Spaces between so. words. Write and expose, written professionally, in exchange for five-star review, have no spaces between them. So so um, this is categorized as a ghostwriting gig. Yeah, ghostwriting, yeah. Worldwide, anyone from any country can apply. And this they're person... Offering, sorry, they're offering five dollars. Five bucks, <laughs> fixed price. <Yes. laughs> but they have previously spent four hundred dollars on other product projects. Uh, yeah, they've hired 13 people. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I guess you want to get into the actual main titles? 
the description. Sure. Would you like me to read it? Yeah. Interesting. The description does have correct spacing. <laughs> I'm not sure about grammar or vocab choice. I'm sure I'll find out. Okay. Okay. Hello. I would like for someone to type my story in written professionally because I'm not skilled in writing and post it everywhere. Everywhere in, in all caps. Everywhere possible in United States. Websites, blogs, news. To expose the abuse and my child was illegally stolen. In exchange for five-star reviews on your page. We can make different jobs and I post five-star reviews on them. Thanks. My baby was illegally stolen and the dad is a wealthy, dirty doctor. Okay, what did I just read? <laughs> <laughs> so when I was looking for potential jobs, I read that. I thought, huh, it's a bit weird. And then went to the next one. <laughs> and a few weeks later, I was like, Midnight Oil. Uh, the dad is a wealthy, dirty doctor. My baby illegally stolen. I was like... I think I need to ask Alex about this. Also, what did I just read? Yeah, this one's a head scratcher. <laughs> um, so, different jobs make different jobs, like fake jobs. This is so out there. Yeah. So uh, this is something for the police, not <laughs> ghostwriting. <laughs> like posting. Um, would you like my take on it? I very much so that's why I brought it up. Okay, this yeah. sounds like the ramblings of a schizophrenic person. Yeah. 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 Yeesh. <laughs> but four active hires, thirteen people already hired, four hundred dollars spent. So I'm curious what were the other projects? Right. They were they all similar to this one? I haven't seen them. So they don't exist. They were completed work. I can't see them. Okay. Uh, Upwork does have a flag as inappropriate button. Uh, when we read this, no one had flagged it. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you think this is legit? Was their baby illegally stolen? Uh, of course, there's you know uh, a possibility for like anything to be uh, legit. <laughs> if I were to apply like Occam's razor to this, of course I would lean towards uh, mental illness for mm. sure. Yeah, Th there's something unsettling about reading posts by uh, people having like delusions, you know, online. Yeah, um, you know, in previous eras people with schizophrenia or like going through like paranoid delusions you know they would you know scream at the sky or you know they would talk with their friends or family and it would end there but these days with with the world wide web anyone can see it <laughs> you know for better or for worse there's more access to these people's thoughts right for sure yeah, yeah. I've come across very similar things on on YouTube, for example. Like over 
at this point it was over 10 years ago, I found just by chance this uh, YouTube account for some lady in her 30s living in Russia who was uh, obviously going through paranoid delusions, but she had like thousands and thousands of videos posted onto YouTube, all of them like uploaded within minutes of each other, and they're all just like her rambling, like walking around the city, like talking to herself on the bus, uh, filming like random things in her house, like sometimes screaming, sometimes like sounds like she's having like a panic attack. You know, it's really disturbing. Pretty creepy. And it was, she'd be uploading these like, all the time, constantly. All the time. Yeah. Like she, it's almost like she didn't sleep. Yeah, so could be she made them over a long period of time, just uploaded them. No, all at the same no, time. no, it was it was going a live all the time. Stream of conscious. It wasn't live streaming. Okay, this make was, a video, upload it. Make a video, upload it. Yeah, I think this was before live streaming took off. Sounds like a lot of work to do that as well. Though. Well, Get she probably did it on her on her phone. Yeah, like the YouTube app was was out then, so she probably filmed something and just uploaded it. I think I like making the video and then uploading it also kind of becomes a addiction or obsession. So mm-hmm. they need right. to keep posting, 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 yeah. post, post, post. I don't, in this case, I don't think it was an addiction to likes because all of them had like no. zero uh, or uh, one. Uh, addiction to uh, attention. Oh. Sharing. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. But again, this account had no viewers. No viewers. Right. Like most of the videos on there had like zero or maybe one. Oh, she didn't even care who was viewing. Right. Just get it out. Yeah. 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 So th- this kind of reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah. Of that time I found that YouTube channel. I think what was so striking about this one for me was how the description is structured. It's kind of weird how it's structured. Here. So thanks. My baby was illegally stolen. And the dad is a wealthy, dirty doctor. It's like a stream of consciousness. It's oh yeah, not, this not in the correct order. Right. It seems so like just a stream of conscious. Like right? if you make a job posting, you would structure it correctly. Right? Yeah, this seems like someone. Sounds like they just typed it and uh, they put it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think uh, someone out there is really suffering, but mm. not necessarily from a stolen baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you think this definitely is not a true story. It's fake. Uh, I would I would put money on it being uh, some kind of you know uh, just a, me- uh, yeah. a mentally yeah. Ch- challenged exactly yeah. right. I wouldn't say mentally challenged but someone going through an episode yeah 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 interesting find that's that would uh, if I came across that it would kind of stick with me though yeah okay Jeez. Jeez. Well, uh, I guess you didn't apply for it. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did. No, no, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting to regret that now because we might have even more material <laughs> for the podcast. Oh my God, we could have gone undercover. I was like, five dollars is a bit much. You can just give me two. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, uh, so. The next one I saw was on the Mainichi News, which is a uh, pretty big newspaper in Japan. Um, they have an English 
uh, site. Kind of less stories, of course, than the Japanese site. Uh, but occasionally you come across kind of like cute cultural things, like some like tiny like dumb festival in some area of Japan or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, this one stuck out to me. So uh, I think this might be the original headline. It's very similar. Uh, the actual original article has since been removed, uh, but someone else put it up on a website called uh, Japan Topics or something like that. jref.com Hmm. And the kind of gist of it was uh, Shimbashi snack owner arrested for overcharging inebriated customers. Now, I didn't read the story, but I did also see this headline. Yeah. I read the whole thing and the amount of money that was taken first attracted me to it. Uh, But also, like, you don't really like have crime like this exposed so much in the media it's kind of like how do you say like hidden or right it's it's not it's not put uh, out there so much yeah in the public eye it's it's not as like sensationalized as it is in america yeah like in japan we kind of tried to like hide things like this a little bit mm-hmm. in the media of course on the nightly yeah. news you'll see you know yeah uh like criminal yeah stories and everything but um there's not like a constant focus on it or right there's more of a like uh, let's maintain the good image of the japanese bar industry or mm-hmm. restaurant industry mm-hmm. let's not expose things like this uh i guess we can go into it so basically a man uh doesn't remember a night out at all after like the first place and he woke up the next day and he was billed like hundreds of thousands of yen, like huge amounts of money, by multiple bars, I think, multiple charges that he has mm-hmm. no memory of going mm-hmm. to. So the suggestion is maybe he was drugged, like they put something in one of the drinks, maybe. Should we get into the amount that he was charged? Yeah, where is it? Here? So this says, about a week later of this night out, he was stunned by his online credit card statement. Charges included a total of 669,800 yen, which is around $4,500 from three separate bars on January the 28th. At the first bar, he was initially charged only 11,000 yen, which if you saw that, you wouldn't be that. No, to be fair, uh, that amount of money is, you know, it's fairly normal. I think. Yeah, very standard. Yeah, we've we paid that a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. yeah. Followed by another charge at the same bar of a hundred and eighty-eight thousand yen. So, like ten over twenty, like twenty times almost that amount. Which would suggest maybe like buying a, like bottle of champagne or something, or two bottles of champagne or something. <clears throat> the second bar charged 275,000 yen, so about $2,000. And the third bar charged uh, almost 200,000 yen. Uh, he has no memory of visiting the second or third bars. Uh, he reported this to the credit card company, but was told bluntly that because the charges had been made using his PIN code, they were his responsibility. Let me just cut in right there. Okay. Um, 
from my understanding, credit card companies in Japan are like way more strict on what you can get refunded compared to American credit card companies. Yeah, this article suggested that to me. Yeah, so. like if you have an issue with uh, like an unauthorized payment in Japan, it's a huge hassle to get your money back from the credit card companies. Mm. Whereas in America, it's pretty easy mm. uh, process. You just call them, explain it, and you know they'll just refund you. I guess in this case, uh, it's kind of your word against theirs, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, how can you prove that you didn't go there if you put your PIN number in there? Right, yeah. you got to prove that they drugged you or they mm -hmm. like forced you to make these payments. Mm -hmm. What would say, like, the first two payments are suspicious, right? Like, you wouldn't spend 11,000 yen and then spend 188,000. Unless you're going to, like, some exclusive club unless or they something. Like, unless they, like, fucked up the first charge or something. They or, typed or in the wrong number or something. Yeah, yeah. And you might be drunk, so you just go, oh, okay, fine, yeah. 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 Um, but if he's being sincere, that it would be pretty wild that he went to two other bars. Mm. Like, we've been, like, pretty inebriated on occasions, but I don't remember this ever happening. Yeah, this kind of thing has never happened to me. Yeah. So, um, how, how did the police get involved? Uh, well, he contacted a lawyer... And he requested payment details from the three bars. A uh, month and a half later, he received responses. They refused to return any amount. And I kind of like this direct quote from the bar. We give refunds on the basis that people can't remember. If we give refunds on the basis that people can't remember, it won't be good for our business. Well, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> as, as fucked up as that sounds... <laughs> I mean, it makes sense assuming nothing like illegal is happening yeah I feel like this kind of thing doesn't really happen in the UK because like if we get anywhere near this level drunk we're like thrown out like we're never allowed mm -hmm. to get to this level drunk like, right like, I was in a pub in England and my friend fell asleep for like two seconds. He did like the doze off thing. Mm -hmm. And when he did that, he like knocked the glass across the table. <laughs> and they literally saw that, ran up and literally threw us out like immediately because he fell asleep like one second. Wow. They are wow. very, very strict on that. So um, you're too drunk. You're not coming in. Yeah. yeah. Even at the entrance to a club or something, like it can be a bit tipsy. You're too drunk. You're not coming in. You're going to cause trouble. So. Yeah. Typically speaking, bars in Japan are extremely lenient they are yeah yeah you can in a lot of small bars just go in the corner and take a nap yeah yeah and they don't kick you out you can bring in your own like snacks like, snacks yeah, or yeah. like to take out meals you yeah, can yeah. get like delivery ordered to the bar and just eat it <laughs> on the counter and at small bars they don't, they don't care i had some experience working in a small bar in matsuyama uh and people would like fall asleep and I would be to the, I would say to the boss like we should throw them out right they're taking up a seat they shouldn't be asleep in the bar and they're like no we have to they have to stay so yeah they are completely different treatment of customers yeah. to 
the UK and I guess the US as well. Yeah. When I was younger in America, I was at a bar with a friend and um, he had no ill intentions at all, but we were at the, at the counter and he picked up a bottle of whiskey or something that was like sitting there just to read it. And the bartender saw him pick it up and he got kicked out. Oh, you mentioned that to me before. Yeah. 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 Whereas in Japan, they'll... Oh, you can go behind the bar and like, stop looking at the bottles and yeah. do anything. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't care. They'll put like all their... Um, yeah. <clears throat> all their alcohol on the counter like from the start and you can just pick it up and look at it and yeah, choose yeah, yeah. what you want to drink and yeah. it's, it's totally different yeah, yeah. it's like a, a non-issue yeah uh, just to, I guess to get to the end of this story so I guess how the police got involved was there were notable issues with the receipts uh, the second establishment listed a party of one in the space uh, while the itemization listed two wines for a 40,000 yen and four of another indecipherable item. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 200,000 yen. The third bar's receipt lists a party of one man and two women. I mean, like some of these bars have a hostess or something like that. Yeah. That's possible. Uh, and they charged him 18,000 yen for three sets, whatever that means. And one hundred and sixty thousand for four champagnes. So, so again, the headline was uh, the bar owner was arrested. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can't be exactly sure, but I think one of the owners was not Japanese, as well. One of these bars. Okay. Yeah. So. Um. I guess I'll add in my two cents now. Sure. This outcome is extremely rare, considering how how often this kind of situation happens mm. in, especially like Tokyo, uh, especially Shinjuku, more especially like Golden Ka- uh, Kabukicho, Kabukicho, yeah, that yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Are you aware of how bad it is over there? Uh, I can imagine, to be honest with you. It's so bad that when you look at the, like, the U.S. Embassy in Japan, like, their website for, like, things to be concerned about. They have a warning or something. Yeah. 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 They'll point, like, that out. Yeah. But it's a known Yakuza area. Yeah. So, basically, how it works is for people, like, for unsuspecting people going out to drink in that area, it's a very bar dense area right yeah. they'll have touts walking around outside they're often uh, I believe Nigerian often from Africa and they'll say something like hey um, I know a good bar I can take you to um, they have good drinks it's cheap so if you're uh, suckered into going with them they will take you to like a very overcharged bar. And in a lot of cases, they actually put something in your drink. Spike the drink. Yeah. yeah. To make you like black out. Lucid and not remember. Yeah. You'll wake up with like the worst hangover you've ever had in your life. And on a street corner or something. In, in this situation will have happened. They'll huge charges to you. Yeah. When you're yeah. blacked out, they'll take you to an ATM 
and have you physically withdraw the money yourself. So that way, like guess, I guess in the courts or if the police get involved, it's on you because you physically did it. Yeah. And in most cases for people that fall victim to this, if they go to the police, the police will say, oh, we can't do anything because probably the same issue with the pin number. Um, also, like yeah. we, we can't prove that you were drugged. Right. Like right, how do right, we know right. you weren't just... Yeah. It's your word against theirs. Like, um, right. Like I said before. Yeah. Yeah, so actually this headline is a really rare case. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever you've never experienced anything like this? Uh like like one time we got taken by like a scout kind of person to a bar in Osaka. Um but we weren't charged like crazy amount like that. So yeah. Yeah, like not all of the scouts um, are... I was not inebriated so <laughs> that much. Yeah. Uh, and the scout was Japanese as well. So not Nigerian or something like you mentioned. Yeah. Also, from what I hear, a lot of these sh- shady bars that have these practices, they're often owned by um, uh, immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, but yeah, it's a thing. It's like... When people say oh, Japan is very safe in most cases, that's a generalization. It's kind of true. I think. Yeah, but, but in, wary, in the cases yeah. that it's not, not safe, yeah, it's yeah. this kind of thing. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're probably not going to like uh, encounter violence or anything like that. You're just going to be like conned out a lot of money, basically. Scammed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's most likely going to happen in like a seedy part of town. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of do it in a way that they know they can get away with. They do it on yeah, a regular yeah, basis. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess our, U- our our old YouTube Kamba guys was about showing uh, the good side of Japan. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so be wary. This podcast is the dark stuff, but that can be as useful as the good stuff, right? So you know, no, you know, not what to do. Oh right, yeah. If if you're yeah. coming to Japan and you want to go out drinking. I recommend, uh, one, if you are not familiar with the area, don't go out alone. Go with a friend. Go, to the, go to the crowded places. Yeah. Go to the busy places. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah, go to the really busy places or check the Google Maps review. Yeah. If they have like a lot of stars yeah. and it looks really busy, well, you're probably okay. Third, ignore all of the scouts yeah, trying to yeah, pull you no, under If bars. someone says, that I'll take you somewhere good, don't go with them because you can find somewhere good easily like, yeah, yeah yeah just ask a person on the street where's good they'll, they'll tell you yeah so, you know. but if you do that make sure they're they're not scout yeah <laughs> <laughs> if they're kind of stumbling around holding a briefcase they're probably just a salary man and they'll give you a good place so mm-hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> but yeah like do what you most people do in most countries go where the the crowds are go with the locals go like a lively place Mm -hmm. and if you're a beginner in japan i would avoid like places with like signs that says like two hours five thousand yen or something like that kind Uh, of thing of course because that can be quite tricky to negotiate yeah it can be a scam as well Mm -hmm. like that's could be just to enter and they'll try to get you to stay longer and right buy drinks for this girl and buy drinks for that person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah some even happens in a small way sometime like i went with a, a girl to this bar that she said was like a friend's bar in Matsuyama and I go and sit down and they're like 
she was like, oh, uh, it's uh, 10,000 yen each for all the stuff for their drinks. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'll Jeez. pay for me and you. And they were like, shut up. And that was it. So, but deal. once I said a few words in Japanese, they're like, okay, he's not like a foreign tourist or something. So they moved your, away. From your friends took you to that place? friend yeah, no. I'm doing air okay what do you, okay. What do you call them scare yeah. quotes <laughs> but anyway yeah just be aware of getting pulled into these cons mm. or scams yeah it's also it's <clears throat> most likely going to happen in like really big cities yeah if you're in the countryside it's it less likely I think yeah yeah very, still very low, low a much lower chance Particularly Kabukicho or that kind of place. You want to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say don't even go out there, to be honest. Way more like nice areas in Tokyo. Oh, to yeah, there, yeah. So. If you're looking for places in Tokyo to avoid, you can avoid Kabukicho yeah. and also uh, Roppongi. Roppongi Hills, yeah, yeah. yeah. The club place, yeah. Yeah, uh, lots of clubs. If you're into clubs, I guess it's okay, but I've also heard there's lots of uh, scams yeah, in that area. Yeah. Those two, yeah. those two places. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, just go drinking like around the station, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kinshicho, I went out in. That's a great place. Uh, Koenji, they're a little bit like they're not like Shinjuku or Shibuya, like the downtown places. But in Tokyo, everywhere's downtown. You can go ten mm-hmm. minutes on the train. So mm-hmm. yeah, and you'll have a great time. So. Yeah. And you'll probably avoid this kind of crap that goes on. So. Anyway, should we uh, move on? Sure. Anything else to say on this? Or we, uh, um, I think we covered we everything. We um, just, yeah, if you go out drinking, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Alex, are we, uh, are we going much darker now? Yes. So there is an incident uh, here in Japan. On July 2nd, uh, a very curious incident that occurred near Sapporo in Hokkaido. I remember now what you're okay. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I have the, the news articles here, and there are some updates, so I'll, I'll go through okay. several of them. Okay, so again, this was posted on July 4th, but it occurred on July 2nd. Okay, the title is Headless Body Found at Sapporo Love Hotel. So this is my kind of my kind of title, I think. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is my kind of jam. Yeah. <laughs> so when I saw this pop on pop up on my news feed, I was like, what? <laughs> okay. So the headless body of a man has been found at a hotel in Sapporo, with police continuing to search Tuesday for a person who was seen entering the victim's room with him. The victim was found naked. Police believe both the head and the clothes were taken away by the subject of the manhunt in a bid to prevent identifying the body, according to sources. The victim, whose body was found Sunday, was identified by investigators on Tuesday as Hitoshi Ura, a 62-year-old resident of the city of Eniwa, situated south of Sapporo. And it goes on to say that security cameras show that 
two people entered the Love Hotel around 11 p.m. And later on in the evening at 2 a.m., only one person left uh, carrying a suitcase and a backpack. Okay. So an autopsy of the victim revealed that the cause of death was, how do you say this? Hemorrhagic. Hemorrhagic. Shock. Like a shock to the head. Yeah, yeah. And that his head was severed after death. Good to know. It's better to sever it. Not while you're alive, I guess. Well, right. not for him. Yeah. The police suspect that the victim was killed in the bathroom mm-hmm. where his body was found by an employee on Sunday afternoon. So this must have happened sometime between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. And the the murderer, I guess, you know, committed the act sometime within that time period mm, yeah. and then left by 2 a.m. But the body was not found until the following afternoon by mm. a, like a staff member. Imagine being that person. So let me get straight. His body was discovered in the bathroom. Yes. They left the scene with a suitcase yes did they take any of the body parts yes so at the time of this article being written they did not know where the head was okay so the person took the head yes right yes so the person who worked at that love hotel just went in that room and it was just a headless corpse in the bathroom yes a a naked headless corpse (laughs) 62-year-old man. Yeah. And so, like, if you can imagine the kind of person working at a love hotel, it's probably some, like, 60- or 70-year-old, like, sweet old lady. <laughs> and the, the suspect, it says, the person, this is the suspect, right? The person was small in stature and wore a wide-brimmed hat and women's clothing when entering the room, but was wearing black attire when leaving. Yes. So they changed their clothes when they left yes you can only assume to avoid being identified that so, or possibly their their clothes a got wide brimmed hat stained like a mafia hat so, women's clothing so is this uh who's the killer from uh science Lambs? the transsexual killer uh buffalo bill buffalo bill yeah. buffalo bill's tall though isn't he so oh right yeah couldn't be him japanese buffalo bill yeah. so the final passage in this article A man in the neighborhood expressed shock Sunday, saying, I've lived in this area for about 15 years, but I have never heard of an incident like this. He's lived in the Love Hotel neighborhood? Uh, In this area, so... Above that it says downtown Suzukino, where many Love Hotels are located. Yes, so this must have been uh, a seedy part of town. Mm. But this is the first seedy thing. According... it's not a seedy thing. It's a pretty crazy yeah, fucking thing. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure like other dodgy incidents have happened in that area. You would you would mm-hmm. assume so. Yeah. So this was so this occurred on July fourth. Sorry, on July second. Independence Day. Happy July fourth. Independent from my head is independent from my body. I guess. <laughs> it's a 
too soon. Yeah. <laughs> my my head is emancipating my body. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this was from early July, and but by there have been updates. Yeah. Okay. July twenty fifth, there okay. was an update. Three posted. week investigation. I guess. Yes. Yep. Okay. So again, this was a couple of weeks later. The severed head of a man found dead in a Sapporo love hotel was discovered Tuesday at the home of a doctor and his daughter, okay. who were arrested Monday on suspicion of decapitating a body, police investigators said. The woman's 60-year-old mother was also arrested Tuesday. Okay. So an entire family. Are in on this, potentially? Yeah. the hell did this... 62-year-old dude do to these people. The police suspect that the 29-year-old daughter, Luna Tamura, carried out the murder and subsequent beheading of the 62-year-old office worker, Hiroshi Ura, by herself at the Short Stay Hotel earlier this month. Uh, Her 59-year-old father, Osamu Tamura, is suspected of helping Luna Tamura carry the severed head out of the hotel. Although he did not enter the hotel, he is thought to have dropped off and picked up his daughter at the hotel before and after the alleged crime. Okay. So, uh, again, the main sp- suspect is this 29-year-old like lady, mm. and her, her parents are accomplices. Mm. Her father being um, a like well-known psychiatrist. Well, okay. yeah. Let's see. Is yeah. that the uh, love hotel above? Is that a picture? Of it? Yes, yes. So this was taken on July third. Doesn't so look like a love. It. it looks like a really like weird mansion. It does, yeah. Complex. I think the colors kind of give it away. It's got those bright, like yeah. gaudy colors. Yeah. Okay. So, the police believe Runa and Ura were acquainted. Okay. So they knew each other. Yeah, it so. seems that the victim and the uh, and the girl knew each other. Okay. Let's see. Oh yes, so the father, he is a psychiatrist at a hospital in Sapporo. And also from what I read earlier, he uh it's like like the head of his department. Wow, okay. Yeah. And he's like really well known for giving lots of mm. uh, like support to his patients, mm. like helping them with issues they're having. And I also heard that he's said to people, he's talked to, to people about his unconditional love for his daughter. Okay. So I mean, well, it certainly sounds like he has pretty strong love if he's willing to do that. And... Yeah. So this could go one or two ways, I guess. One, um, you know, all three were like in on it and it's like malicious intent from all three of them. Or, you know, it was just the daughter, but then there is just so much love from the parents mm, that yeah, they yeah. had to go along with it and help her out yeah. with it or something. And yeah. either way is fucked up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, what do you make of this story? 
seen that kind of scene in movie in a few like horror movies before where like someone in the family does something really messed up and they go home and the initial reaction is like pure shock and then mm-hmm. the prince like okay well you're not going to jail so how are we gonna right cover this up or get rid of this and as a psychologist father i'll deal with the psychology later or something but maybe it's something that they already knew was going on between this girl and this this guy maybe like maybe he'd abused her or something and she's that's revenge or something that's what i'm assuming i'm assuming the age difference though right 62 to 29 right would they be like co-workers or something and he um, abused her or something or? this is all speculation on yeah. my part but I mean, if i were if i were to paint a picture i would say this man was like sexually harassing yeah yeah the girl and maybe it got to the point where she just snapped yeah yeah and lured him to this hotel yeah did what she did which would be easy to lure him if he's sexually coming on to right yeah. yeah and then maybe she just you know um asked her parents yeah. for help and her parents maybe being like you know loving people <clears throat> didn't know what else to do except for help her i mean th- the head was found at the family's house mm. on like several weeks later so it was being kept and hidden at the house that could be like a way of preventing the police from identifying the body right yeah dental records or something mm-hmm. yeah might t- taking the clothes avid yeah. csi fan or something yeah. you know <laughs> but what i'm insinuating is the head being at the house like obviously like the parents were doing all they could to you know yeah keep her keep their daughter out of trouble yeah right yeah yeah that's what so, it sounds like to me yeah yeah it kind of begs the question like uh is is or should unconditional love be unconditional <laughs> you know like is is there like a a limit to like ride or die you know it depends which trumps which do your morals or hatred of murder <clears throat> trump your love for your child like what takes precedent um, you know, are you willing to risk your own uh, career or you know not going to jail for your your daughter your child right, right yeah did they already know that this dude was terrorizing her or something I like mean that? again we're just spitballing on yeah. that one we have no idea but if he is like some kind of like predator and this was all like vigilante justice you know then you know I guess it could be argued like but at the same time it's against the law like it's hard to condone yeah and the taking the head home thing it's yeah. a bit difficult for people to get over right isn't yeah. it like sometimes vigilante justice will be an explosion of anger or rage <clears throat> it won't be something that's clearly planned like mm-hmm. this she changed clothes yeah she obviously planned the location yeah f- taking the head from home. what we know it seems very 
premeditated. Thought out, right. Yeah. So like she really ruminated on this. Whereas in Japan, like a lot of cases of like built up sexual like harassment, they kind of explode in an instant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course it is the case that like some companies kind of maybe turn a blind eye to harassment. You know, so she might have gone to a company and they're not doing anything about it. She doesn't want to lose her job. <clears throat> and it just built up and built up and built up. But that wouldn't suggest like planning it this much, necessarily. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's a creepy case though. Yeah. It is. It seems like it seems like fiction, you know? Yeah. Though could be a movie, right? Yeah. Could be like a Sion Sono movie, yeah. <laughs> and again we, a moment ago we were just talking about how safe Japan tends to be but when when something does happen it tends to be pretty on the, wild on the darker side yeah. yeah 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 like when it does happen it really sticks out <laughs> yeah uh, reality can be stranger than fiction sometimes you know? yes yeah. Life imitates art, I guess. Yeah. One of her, the head was in a box in the house. Police said, what's in the box? What's in the box? I I keep trying to put my shoes in in the... Shoecase? I keep keep (laughs) trying to put myself in the shoes of, uh, one, the lady working at the hotel that found the body in the bathtub. And then two, being the um, police officer searching the house and finding the head. Mm. You know, like in both of those cases, I mean, Japanese police don't see a lot of action, I don't think. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> They kind of don't really know what to do sometimes when this situation happens. Right, They're yeah. completely untrained for it. Like, like uh, that case a couple of years ago I brought to you, like there was an abandoned hotel in Japan like a homeless person was sleeping there mm-hmm. he just died in the bed oh yeah and they took away the body but they didn't like remove the mattress or the guy's belongings or anything mm-hmm. so a bunch of YouTubers went there and like filmed like his like how would you say that like, rotten like shape like visible in the mattress yeah yeah I remember you you showed me the video on YouTube yeah and I was watching with my wife next to me. And, like, I was, like, it messed me up seeing that. But then my wife was like, yeah. Eh. <laughs> In, like, the UK, that would be, like, a crime scene, I think. That would be, like, taped yeah. off and all of that stuff would be taken away. But they just literally just, like, took the body out. And a day later, <laughs> from what I understand, it was just left like it was. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's because they just have no action in that area, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, anyway, like cons- yeah. considering the nature of this incident, uh, I would be willing to like guarantee that this this girl or this family are going to have supporters. You know, people that like Probably. really yeah. em- like empathize with them. Yeah. You know. Um, especially if it turns out that um, this this dude was an abuser, yeah, you know, 
though that said i mean obviously what they did is illegal and they should go to jail but i don't know it's interesting to look at these like grayish cases well i think we will uh probably check back on this story i'm sure there will be updates yes Uh, police are trying to determine a motive it says so once a motive is discovered hopefully it's reported and we can uh, come back and wrap this one up i guess yes until then if uh, any of our listeners would like to uh what do you say speculate on the nature of the story or what really happened here uh, always leave us a comment on youtube or <coughs> uh, our social media yeah we'd love your input we would on headless man in love hotel sapporo Wild world out there. It's the wild west, the wild east. I guess we didn't really go into like what a love hotel is, did we? Do we need to? Um, we don't have them in the states, so we don't have them in England as well. Yeah. I guess I, we've just been here a long time, so we. Know <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah um, essentially, love hotels are like short stay hotels mm-hmm. where. Couples can go to uh, have like intimate mm. time with each other uh, for various reasons. Um, obviously, for like cheating, but also because maybe at home they have no privacy. You know. Yeah, it's because like a lot of young young people in Japan live with their parents mm-hmm. into their thirties, forties, fifties, even sixties. Yeah. So they don't want to have sexual relations in their parents' house. Especially if their parents are literally one room over. Which they probably are. And the wall is like paper thin. Might even be in the same room. Right, right. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's like somewhere where you can rent a room like on an hourly basis. Mm -hmm. And they have like sometimes like sex stuff in the room, right? Or they have like adult materials. Yeah. Or it can just be like a really simple, simple one. Um, But it's fairly big business. In every town, there is an area or two that have like a cluster of love hotels. Mm. Um, also, they're designed to be as anonymous as possible. Yeah, there's like no staff, right? When you enter, like right, yeah, there's no staff. Like a, you pay like you know, like a machine or something. Yeah, it's like oh, all automated. Automated. Even like in the parking lot, it's situated so where like you can't see the license plate numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously that aids itself to this kind of thing sometimes happening whether it's a healthy thing i guess uh, that could be a whole podcast yeah yeah. (laughs) psychoanalysis uh, but that's kind of a complicated thing into how japanese society works Mm -hmm. Um, but certainly if you want to commit a crime like this this is the place where you would do it i think yeah certainly wasn't dumb taking him here you know Right, <laughs> I'm surprised they even like had him on camera. To be honest, of course they have cameras, but do uh, all love hotels have cameras? Oh, uh, I would imagine they have. Maybe for just in the car park, or th- th- the th- lobby, th- th- or something. They would have to have cameras. Maybe for by security. law, they need they need to have them. security, yeah. Yeah. Um, security reasons. Yeah. F- specifically for incidents like this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, David. Right. Yeah. Uh, it certainly did go dark towards the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, some titles for this episode The Dark Side of Japanese Entertainment. Or <laughs> yeah, and here I was thinking you'd be the one bringing the darker stories. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly can facilitate that next time if you want. Like, so. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, as always. Indeed. And to all of you listening, thank you very much for your support. And we will be back soon with another episode. Episode four. Yes. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. Take it easy.